Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we get started, wanted to introduce you to the Union GK Premium. With Premium, you'll get vetted pro players and coaches, interactive breakdown sessions, and exclusive content from top names. Want to try it free for 30 days? Go to unionsports.com slash content slash join. Or download the app free at the Union GK on Apple or Google Play stores. Thanks for making the Union possible, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from no longer Ketchikan, Alaska, but West Hollywood, California. Uh, with me back on the virtual interweb, the one and only 99 World Cup winner, Siskia Weber, who's not in Fort Lauderdale, Florida right now. That's uh, true. For, for a minute. <laughs> for a minute. And joining you know, us, guys. Happy to be home. I mean, look, let's be honest. I've been gone for like a month. I was at Camp Shutout. Shout out to Camp Shutout, obviously, for the great experience right there, which is where I was able to connect with these fine gentlemen right here who we have on the show today. I uh, should probably just uh, announce that right now. We have Ideal Performance themselves, Jameson Kronzer and Sawyer Smith joining us. What's up, guys? How's it going? Hey, guys. How's it going? Excited about this, man. I mean, uh, so, you know, Jamo, obviously we connected a little bit at Camp Shutout. You made a, uh, what I like to call a cameo at Camp Shutout. And uh, that was at the at the very beginning of camp when essentially you were showcasing kind of these performance journals that we're going to be talking about uh, in a second here. And then I was like, that's a really cool idea. We should do a podcast about this. So I basically like, I ran you down before you left. You were like on your way to your car. Yep. That sounds like and Mike. I, yeah. And I'm like, hey, let's talk. I'm like, I've got doing this whole thing with the union and yada, yada, yada. And you're like, uh, yeah, I, I got like family responsibilities I got to get to right now. But uh, sure. Why not? Um, so, uh, James, Jamo, why, why don't you just kind of catch up the audience and yeah. what I'm talking about first off in regards to ideal performance. And so you're stepping any time, too. So it's not just us two talking. Yeah, uh, thanks. Um, I'm super excited to be on this show. Uh, I've I've followed you guys for a long time, uh, ever since you started coming to Camp Shoutout, Michael. That's where I met you. Um, Ideal Performance. We started in 2019, and really, what what drove us to start Ideal Performance was uh, I was a college coach. I spent eight years coaching collegiately uh, at uh, various divisions, both men and women's soccer. And we were seeing a lot of athletes come to us as collegiate athletes. And there was always some aspect of the college athlete experience that they just were too far behind on and, and needed to catch up. And what I mean by that is maybe they were beasts in the weight room and solid on the field and great in the classroom, but they never had to deal with their own food and be in control of their own food decisions. And so they'd be eating a huge salad at lunch and then be like, gosh, I just am so tired all the time. Or, you know, so they're behind there, or it could have been any of those other things where maybe they're in the weight room and they're, they're like, we got to do a power clean. I've never done that. What is that? Right. And, or, or simply they were good everywhere, but then they had trouble with their roommate and they didn't know how to handle a crucial conversation. So there's a lot of aspects that come into athletics and performing as an athlete. And so we really wanted to build a uh, development program for any athlete at any stage to get to that next level, right? So you could be going into your first high school season and you're really hoping to go make varsity. Well, what do you need to be focusing on holistically as an athlete to get there? Uh, high school to college, college to the pros, et cetera. And so that's, that's really what we were founded on. We wanted to focus on nutrition, on uh, athletics, on strength and conditioning, um, and then leadership, mentorship, and, and kind of this off-field performance that uh, we're going to talk about more today. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, 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 I go ahead. Sorry, I'll say yeah. I think it, this kind of started with Jamal and I by just luck. I would say, if we're being honest, like we both were at Madison at the same time. We were both at Valpo at the same time for our master's program, and ran into each other by one of our mutual friends, and we started talking about. I know I remember sitting with Jameson on his couch and he's like, Hey, like, how do you, you know, I got these athletes that are, they're going through this, like they're going through this mental stuff. They're going through these mental health things. How do you handle that? Like, what would you, what would you do? You know, I'm first year into my master's program of being a counselor. I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, oh, <laughs> go, go talk to somebody else. Go, go email this person. 
And then as we, you know, we moved back to Madison around the same time. And I remember sitting at his, his counter and we're just like talking through like, what do people need? Like, how do people get better? And how can we make that for everybody so that it, it helps whether you're, you know, you're, you're you, me, anybody, whatever stage you are in life. And it gives you a good starting point to, to build onto and just some knowledge. I mean, I absolutely love it. And, and you know, in Susk, you know, we're going we're gonna to be showcasing some of this performance journal in a moment here. But, you know, obviously, you know, you've played and coached at the highest of levels. I think you've always spoken about what differentiates you at those levels is the details off the field more so than on the field. Well, yeah, it's all encompassing, you know, and I think athletes have to understand that. And not, it's just not intrinsic. They just automatically don't know that they have to cover all these pillars or circles of the wheel or pieces of pie. Like, you know, when you're a young athlete and everybody's patting you on the back and you're excelling, you're not realizing that to get to the next level, you, you, you have to excel at other things as well. And you have to take care of yourself physically, mentally, like emotionally, like the whole nine yards and so much comes with it. And then even, you know, going from high school into college, like, again, you've never done your laundry by yourself or you don't know how to eat because mom's not cooking for you or dad's not cooking for you or whatever. And, and, you know, how is that affecting your performance? And, you know, how do all the, how do I, how do I understand all these different aspects to be a whole person and a whole athlete? You know, and I, and I love the fact that you just brought that up. I want to, I want to throw this up here on, on the stream right over here because, uh, you know, Jamo, you, you did a, I love it. I love it when people go, I'm like, Hey, do you have any visual aids? And like, do I have visual aids? Let me, <laughs> let me send you 45 pages. Uh, and we can, and we can three, throw it on here. Right, right there. So first off, um, I love what you're talking about here in regards to like, what are you doing today to become the ideal you? Like, what do you mean by the ideal? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's again, it's that holistic approach that uh, Seskiel was just talking about. You know, it's it's I got to perform in everything I do. You know, right now, obviously we're performing, right? We're on here. We're having a conversation. This is a performance uh, leading up to this. I was inside greeting my wife and, and making sure she was, you know, had a good day and everything. And I had to be dialed in on that conversation, mm -hmm. listening to what she was saying, coming up with thoughtful responses, all that, even though, you know, I know this show's coming up and, and I want to go uh, do a little bit more preparation. So it being the ideal you is being really present in where you're at, knowing where you want to go and, and having conviction with how you're going to get there. And, and staying true to that and, and really just driving through all of the different things that you have to be doing to get there. And Sawyer, I don't know if you uh, have a slightly different take or more info on that. Oh, no, I think that that's right where, where we are. You know, I think that that present focus that Jameson's talking about, like, where are we right now? I think that's where we miss the mark so much. Like, we want to be here. So when I was a multi throwing discus, I wanted to be this great multi. I wanted to be this awesome, you know, performer. I wanted to just go out there and win. The reality was I wasn't there yet, but I was making all my decisions like I was doing all these great things. Like I was like, I don't, I don't know if I need to practice today. I'm, I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to have a, and that's part of what's in our journal is like you gotta, you know, I always reference Google Maps. Like if we're trying to get to California because Jamo and I hate winter coming. However, we say we're starting in Texas. We're going to have a whole, we're, we're going to be way off. We're in Madison. We're not going to get there very effectively. And starting where you're at right now and knowing maybe not the ideal you yet, but this is the journey. This is the steps. This is the process that I think that's how you become your ideal you. Like you got to know where you're at to go know where you're going. So, so I'm really quick. Ideal I, I really quick, Stan. I didn't understand the MM. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that just popped up. And then so, Michael Madgen. And then Michael oh, Madgen. Oh, oh, sorry. I was just like, wait, <laughs> hmm, you like my hat? I wasn't sure what it meant. Um, <laughs> on top of that, is all these things are in your control. They're in your yes. power. So, and that's something. There's certain things that look. You there's certain things out of your control. Like, but if you can check these boxes of things that you have control over, taking care of your mental health, taking care of your nutrition, um, your training ethic, off the field stuff, your personal relations, those are all in your control. And, and those are things that if you can get lined up and right, then everything else will kind of fall into place. Yeah. yeah. And, 
And, and I want to jump on that. Sorry, Michael. That That's okay. awesome, Saskia, because <laughs> it's so true. Like, look, I get it. Life happens. I, I say something that I think it can rub people slightly the wrong way, but give me a brief minute here. Happiness is a choice. This is what I say. That's a little bold, but life does happen. Tragedy happens for sure. That's out of your control. What's in your control is how do you respond? How do you take that? How do you respond? You know, it doesn't mean you don't mourn. It doesn't mean you don't have a little bit of time to, to absorb what happened, but you have to come out of it. And that's all in your control, how you're going to come out of that. And, and that's actually a big theme within the journal is, and without necessarily saying it at the end of the journal, that's really what you've learned. You've learned how to respond to life and perform regardless of the moment that just happened. Yeah. I'll, you know, I'll jump on that quick too. I think that then we know what we can respond to what's within our control. Mm-hmm. I joke with my athletes. I coach track right now. And I'm like, if you're worried about if it's going to rain or not, and that's the biggest thing on your mind <laughs> is, you know, it's going to happen. If you, you know, you can control the weather, please, please do. But you can't. <laughs> Man, pretty sure, pretty sure the parents out here in Southern California think they can control the weather. I'm pretty sure that's. <laughs> I wish they could. And you know, I think the big thing too is we think about how you grow self confidence, and you know, one of those things like that we can control. All right. Well, how do we measure our success? We can't always measure the outcome. You know, maybe we did the best thing possible. Mm-hmm. It fell short, but we did everything within our power that we were able to do to the best of our ability or better than we've done before. We got to take our successes off of that. And that's how we're going to grow our self-confidence. Mm-hmm. That's how we get better. So we're going to stay motivated. But if I'm worried, you know, I use this analogy. I'm, I'm a track athlete. So, you know, I'm the least soccer equipped one here. Um, however, you know, we want to, we want to take first in the race. We do all the work. We do everything we can. There's just someone that's better than us. How do we take that? We can't control that outcome. We can't. And that's, you know, that's a hard truth of life that sometimes and, you know, in the journal, we talk about radical acceptance. Sometimes we got to accept yeah. our control and give it over. Yeah. And I'd say like the rain as an example, it's not the excuse, right? Okay. So it rained, right? But it rained on everybody. <laughs> so, so, so how do you deal with, how do you deal with the fact it's raining? Like, are you going to use that as an excuse to why you're not performing well? Well, it affected everybody. Nobody performed. You know what I mean? So it's, or, or other people didn't focus on that and focus, okay, well, I'm just going to do the best I can in the rain, you know? And if I don't do well, if I don't win the race, I'm not going to say, well, it was raining. Suske, I love what you just brought up right there before, before I interject and, and go on to this whole thing. I'm on why performance coaching is important because I, I do believe it's important. And that's why we talk about it so much on this show and regards to these different tools that are out there for people. But I never even thought about that. Like when you're, cause I've, I've made, I've done it. I've come like, Oh, I was wearing these wrong, the wrong boots in the rain. And that's why I was slipping and sliding. And that's why that ball went through my legs and yada, yada. And I didn't even think about the fact that I'm like, Oh wait, the strikers also dealing with the rain mm-hmm. and it's hard for them to hit the ball because it's slippery and slidey and everything like that. So what's I, so it's not, it, it's not just on, there's not just a cloud over my head. And I think sometimes so much as, especially as goalkeepers, we, we think that the variables are only on us as opposed to everybody out there. Yeah. Well, I just also think that it's, are you it's your excuse <laughs> like if you can step outside of that and i can we keep coming back to the rain but it could be a multitude of things like if you if you keep leaning on the neg on the excuse then it's going to affect you <laughs> like it's going to affect you like fine it's a, it's, a, it's a hurricane it's going to affect you the ball's going crazy but it affects everybody you know and that's what that's what you always have to look at oh you know the u.s played well, we can't bring that as an analogy. So and so played this way because you know because the field wasn't proper or because uh, but it affects everybody and it's how you rise above. Yeah, I, I call it the victim mindset, right? Don't yep. don't be the victim. Don't be victimized. You know because. If you're the victim of your circumstance, then that's exactly it. You're a victim and you're powerless. And that's miserable. It's miserable to have no control or power and be powerless. But like we, what started this whole thing is you do have control. 
you, you do have control over a part of this situation and you can turn it into something for you. Mm-hmm. Is, and as soon as you accept that, and Jocko Willink calls it ownership, right? As soon as you accept that you can take ownership of what's happened, and now all of a sudden it's, well, what's the solution? The solution's within my control, and now I'm not powerless. So I still might be in a not great spot, but at least I'm in control of getting out of it. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, I, I want to bring up. And then once you do do that, you can go, all right, well, it's going to rain. We're not sitting there being like, oh, gosh, it's going to rain. Like, oh, man, this is going to be the worst day ever. You can go, oh, maybe I need I need this to perform well, and I can control that. I'm going to wear these. I'm going to do that. My mind's mm-hmm. open then to do those things that are needed to perform at our best. Yeah. Um, I, I want to bring this up right here because I, I love what, in regards to your mission when you're talking about a passionate team. And then when you then you talk about, like, why performance coaching is important. I think, you know, either, either Sarah or Jim or whoever wants to take this here, I think that's one of the biggest issues out there when it comes to young players is that they don't have a support team behind them. So they're left to their own devices to do a lot of this work um, that you're, you're sharing in these journals and everything like that, but there's nobody guiding them through the process. Yeah. And, and actually that's, that's part of why we've created this journal. So an athlete can go through this journal completely on their own. They don't need to be public about the fact that they're doing it. If they're, concerned or or feel that it you know the fact that they're looking for this little extra help makes them feel weak heaven forbid that stigma is still around we're making good progress against it but they can at least go into this and start to explore this on their own but then the beauty of it is if they have someone or they want to bring someone in to that circle of trust we'll call it whether it's their their coach or whether it's a counselor or therapist or whether it's a sports psychologist or whoever it is Now they have this journal that they can refer to and that person has a tool that they can work with that athlete on. Mm -hmm. And, and really we have, we have a lot of uh, coaches that are starting to take a liking to this because they're asking us, Hey, how, how can we start to help our uh, athletes with the mental performance side? And we're like, well, there's a lot there. And, and I don't, where do you want to start? Well, we start by give them this journal and then you have a copy too. And, and then touch base with them every once in a while. Hey, how's it going? Where are you at? What did you think of this? Let's dive into that, you know? And so the athlete's able to self-reflect and identify the key areas that they maybe need to work on or want to work on. And then they can bring the coach in to help guide and mentor them. And the coach, even if they know nothing about mental performance, all the content's right there in the journal. So if the coach reads through the journal a little bit, gets caught up on that section that that athlete's on, they can start making those connections. And especially with younger athletes, it's, it's the ability to be a, a little bit more self-aware that you develop in your later 20s and 30s. And that's where hopefully that coach can, can help guide this younger athlete through those things. Yeah, and I, you know, I'll, I'll double down on that, like teaching people how to do that. Like, I think that's so big where, you know, you, you'll see coaches maybe that not sure. They're like, we'll just do it. And it's like, well, how? And I think with this, this journal, we really wanted to just figure out, like, how do we teach people how to do this so that they can be successful on their own? And it's very generalized themes. And you got to figure out the process for you. We all got different ways that work for us and how we're going to be the best performer we can be. However, we're going to give you some of those tools. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, I, I think about when I do it is how. How are we going to teach people how to do it and not just tell them to do it and then make them feel inept for not knowing because how would they know? School doesn't teach us really. If we get yeah. lucky enough, we might get somebody, but hopefully this journal can come alongside people and help them out that way. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things, especially for younger players, like you guys said, is to identify that team around you, that group of people that that aren't aren't helping feed your victim mentality. And look, not all pa- some parents are great. But the truth of the matter is that parents are the ones that like, oh, little Jan, it was raining and that's why this happened. Or or they're the ones because their first care is to make you feel better and they are want to make you feel better in the moment, not looking at the bigger picture. And they want to kind of support you in whatever victim mentality that you have. And a lot of parents are mad at the coach or this or that or the other. So it's, it's kind of finding that third party. In my opinion, I might be wrong, that third party person, a coach you know, a school counselor, a therapist or something that, that can say, be it that kind of like 
outside of that too close of a bubble to be a bit impartial and help walk you through it. I love what you just said right there, Susk, because like, you know, one of the things I'm just even thinking about while I'm looking through all these, all these different things right here is not only are you holding the player accountable for their own journey and their own, their, their own growth, but you're teaching them how to be truthful and honest by utilizing everything that you're asking them to, to, to journal about in this, in this journal right here. I, I I'll be honest with you. I feel even as, as a non competitive athlete right now, I mean, I'd still play men's league. Come on. Pretty big time there, but, uh, but, but that I could benefit every, <laughs> but in life I could benefit from using this journal just yes. after this podcast going through it. Yes. Yeah. And that's Sawyer and I, we call it our Trojan horse into, into that, you know, the, we focus on athletes, we're athletes, we're former athletes, we're coaches. So we know that that's where, you know, that that's the demographic that'll look at us and say, okay, I'm going to trust what you're saying right now. Let's go through this together. But, you know, we're not going to go out there and be a, a life coach to someone yet. Right. Let's get a little more experience in our hands. So we're going to focus on the athlete, but what we love to see is these athletes that Sawyer's working with on a monthly basis or that I'm coaching and talking about these things with, you know, one of the best things that happens to us is when they show up to training and we're like, Hey, how's it going? Oh, good. I, you know, I had a test today. Well, how'd it go? Actually not bad. I was really nervous, but then, you know, I did that thing that we were working on before games and I did that before the test and it totally helped. And we're like, no kidding, huh? But you know, you reach out to a kid and you're like, Hey, you want to work on your mental performance so that you're better at life? They're like, no, I don't have anything wrong with me. Why would you say that? Right. So, <laughs> this is kind of our children person. <laughs> I've got nothing wrong with me. What are you talking about? <laughs> but I had this conversation with a with a parent uh, recently, and and you know, and and, and Suska, I would love your insight on, on this because I know, you know, you've 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 dealt with with quite a different, a lot of different uh, players that have come from different environments. Let's just say, and and I said is that you know one of the problems I have of getting players to be truthful and honest with me is they've come from environments where that's not rewarded where that's almost even like looked down upon. So they're so worried about saying what the coach wants to hear or performing in the way the coach wants them to perform, you know, that they're not being honest to the moment. Well, I think you, they see it as a weakness. So I think that they see it as uh, they, depending on what it is, like, you know, whether it's, you know, do you have the jitters or like, you know, how is your test? Is there, a, no, everything was great. Everything was fine. Like, no, I don't, I'm not nervous before a game. No, this is fine. Everything, because they look at it as, well, that's a chalk in the negative, the negative comment of, um, you know, that I'm not always up to the task. And the truth is <clears throat> that as a coach and as a mentor and stuff, well, okay, so Great. Thanks. I, I'd be, I was nervous before every game too. Let's go through some techniques that'll help you like curb your, your nerves. Like let's go through like just a checklist and, and everything that helps you like kind of get focused. But if you don't talk about it and if you stuff and everything is always fine, well, we're not idiots. It's not always fine. So it's to your detriment in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so big. And I think, you know, I'll go back. I'm biased. I'm a, I'm a therapist. I'm a counselor. I think a lot of this has to do with emotions and when we don't recognize where our emotions are at and that starting point, I think that starting point, one of the, you know, the, the pages we got in here is labeling your emotions. That gives you a starting point for where you are at currently. And as a coach, you can be like, Hey, it, it really seems like you're anxious. You know, I'm seeing your hand jitter. I'm seeing you talk fast. Let's work through that. And sometimes people want to hide that away. Uh, you know, in my in my counseling, I use the analogy. It's like when your parents tell you to clean your room and you clean it, but you shove everything in the closet. <laughs> and, um, it's called or it's like semi-organizing. <laughs> yeah, you keep shoving that stuff in. You keep shoving that anxiety away. You keep shoving that sadness away. Eventually, that's going to break and you're going to have to unpack it. And, you know, I think that choice to be able to unpack it on your own, especially when you have someone like a mentor there or someone there that is generally cares about your well-being, especially like Michael's saying, if they come from a situation where people maybe didn't really want to hear that, that's, you know, that that's going to help them in, in athletics. I guarantee their performances, they might drop a little bit because they're dealing with life, but that's going to help them later in life. And I'm a big believer as a coach, 
it's not about what you do with my your four or five years of me at college. It's about what happens four or five years later when you, you get that degree, you, you become you. And I think that is such a pivotal point for, for young adults. I, I want to bring this up because I've, I've had this happen when I've, when I've talked about sports performance, you know, mindset, all those sorts of different things, sports psych with, with different players. I'll get a lot of the times like, Oh, I do journal. I do journal. And, and, so what, what do you say back to that when they say, oh, I, I do journal? What's it look like? Good. Yeah, great. Okay. Um, and, and really, you know, the reason we built this is a lot of the times if they don't journal, it's because they don't necessarily know how. Or if we recommend, hey, you know, you should try journaling at the end of the day, you know, reflect on your day, journal and, and just see what's there they always get stuck. A lot of the times they get stuck. And so uh, these prompt journals that we've put together, this guided journaling, it, it just helps break that ice, right? You crack it open after you have an event, right? Uh, by event, I mean, in this journal, we trigger all of our journal entries by an athletic performance. So maybe you went and did an individual workout, you went for a run or hit the weight room or whatever. Okay, go like, you shouldn't be shaking with adrenaline. Okay. But you should, your heart rate should be down and then boom, crack open your journal, work yourself through a couple of prompts and, and just reflect on that workout. Take some time to actually think about it. How did I perform? Did, did I, did I do well in this situation? Where did I, where did I feel I struggled when I struggled? How did I react? What did that do to my next performance? And the whole idea is bringing awareness, helping us recognizing our own patterns and with awareness, now, now all of a sudden you can start to uh, come up with strategies, come up with tools, start to identify areas that you can, you know, oh, I'm heading in a bad direction. I better nip it here and get back on the right path. Uh, and so we, we actually use uh, three different trigger points throughout the week. Um, we have individual workouts. We have team trainings or practices or individual athlete practices, something technical where you're focusing on your sport. And then we have uh, competitions. And depending on which one, it's going to change the prompt slightly. Uh, and, and that's how we help athletes build a habit around journaling. It's how we help them understand the types of things to think about. It introduces them to their own mind and their own thought processes so they can start to learn, well, how does my mind work? Right. And, and just because I'm thinking these things, that doesn't make me who I am. I can just I can think them, recognize those thoughts and I can bring myself back to a good spot. And uh, so, so that's really the, the point of this is to help them start to build those ha healthy habits uh, around reflection and journaling. And, um, and and then the last piece, too, is since we focused it on a, an athletic performance, we like to tell them it's extra reps right? It's, hey, you're going through those reps, even the bad ones. And you're saying, all right, well, what happened? How did I get there? How would I do that differently next time? Right? And you're learning and you're growing and you're solidifying that. We have them physically write it in the book. It's not a digital tool on your phone because physically writing it, now it's moving it to another spot in your brain and you're really starting mm -hmm. to solidify those learnings. Uh, so we put a lot of thought into kind of how to organize this and, and why to do things a certain way that might not be the most popular right now, right? It, digital is the way to go, but we, we chose to stay analog here. Yeah, and I know one of the, the big things is we give some of that background information along the lines of like, this is what we see as the big thing. Said, like, and Jameson said like, oh, you're going to college. You've never made food for yourself. You've never done this for yourself. You've maybe never had to handle this for yourself. Here's a framework for you to, to start from and how to potentially do that so that you can be successful or at least have a starting point to know what works and doesn't work for you. And then iron that out, figure out what works. You know, you know, speaking about out all that, you know, and, and obviously, you know, I love the fact that you show, you know, how you know that you're making progress. But I think, you know, to that kind of like that, that, that question of the person saying, oh, oh, I do journal, you know, that response back, I, I do journal. I kind of think of it the same way as like, well, we, I practice. What do you mean? I, I, I train. I, I, I mean, I should be a division one goalkeeper. I don't understand it. I mean, I, I practice four times a week, just like everybody else. Why am I not a high level, a high level goalkeeper? And I love the fact that you guys have kind of brought up the fact that everyone needs a spine to work from in order to have a foundation on how to how to use their tools. And I know Suski, I know you've been really big on that. 
It's like foundation, foundation, foundation. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I stepped uh, away for a second. So go ahead. <laughs> a good example of that, Michael, is so I journal every night and I have for uh, three and a half years now. And periodically, uh, I have to audit what I'm doing. And, and I, what I mean by that is I say, all right, what am I, when I journal, what am I doing? What am I getting out of it? What am I not getting out of it? How should I change it now? And so I'm constantly tweaking how I journal, the things I focus on and that sort of stuff. And, and that allows me to continue to evolve and adapt as my environment changes, as my life changes, as I change. And one of the big things with this journal is we worked really hard to make it timeless. So, you know, going back to the practice analogy or the workout analogy, when you finish this 12 week journal and you put it down, you're not done. You're not like, ah, there, I know how to mentally perform now. Right. <laughs> you pick it up and you do it again. Maybe take a few weeks off. That's fine. Sit in it a while, but you pick it up and you go through those exact same 12 weeks. I guarantee you a different week is going to have a bigger impact on you this time than it did the last time, because last time you weren't, you just weren't there yet. You weren't ready for it. And that's okay. Like your environment, your level that you were performing at, whatever it was, it wasn't there yet. And, and I think the quote is, um, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Right. And it's, I'm probably botching that, but that's how we view this journal. And so <laughs> every time you go through this journal, you're going to get something different out of it. And it'll be interesting to watch. How do you respond to, you know, one of these prompts the first time you go through the journal versus the fourth time you go through the journal, the prompts don't have to change. You're changing, your environment's changing. And so the prompt just gets your mind running and then you and your mind hash through whatever it's running through and you grow and learn from that. I'm looking at something right here that, that I think is really awesome that you've got involved in the whole journal process. And that is needs versus wants, how to, how to get both. Because I think, I think a lot of us, not just young athletes, but but everybody in general, gets those confused on what what we need versus what we want and how to differentiate between those. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I'll take that one. I love that one. That one I think is so tough. Where I want to do this, I want to be this, I want to do that. That's great. Those are you know. I think you know we, we can take uh, Maslow's hierarchy of need. If some of you all know that one, the triangle that's old is very very old. However, those are awesome. We can get those. However, our foundation are those basics, those those basic needs that we highlight week one or whatever week it is. I think it's week one, two, three, and four, yep. where it's how do we get more effective at meeting our wants? Well, we got to you know eat, sleep, drink enough water. If I don't do those three, ooh, I'm in pain. I, I'm not doing so well. I I don't I don't I don't operate well. I can't I can't even think about getting my higher needs met until I meet those. And we, you know, James and I have talked where it's, you know, you think of the great athletes, they don't do anything that much different than what other athletes do. They just do it at a better level or better frequency. And one of those can be in your control. How well you drink enough water, how well you have sleep hygiene, how well you balance your meals. And then that can get you to that next step, that last percent, that 1% that separates you from, you know, one person that's not doing that. Wow. I, I, I love that. Cause I'm just, just thinking about, it. it's like, I want to be the starting goalkeeper on my varsity high school team. <laughs> I don't need to be the starting goalkeeper on my varsity team. And, and I, and I think there's just I so think much it's more, I think it, it's, what do you need to do to get to your want? Mm -hmm. okay yeah. so it's not that you need to be the starting goalkeeper it's what what does your body need what does your mind need what does everything need to get to your want right mm -hmm. so uh, you want to go play pro you want to you get recruited by a big big five or big three or whatever it is it's the big one at, i don't know <laughs> the big one conference it's no it's the it's, it's a, colorado it's congratulations it's the big 100 yeah at the big 10 anymore um so it's like but it's no offense, amazing. Oregon and Washington. You're welcome. <laughs> Come on over. <laughs> it's craziness. But what are the need? What is? What do you need to get to your want? Is yeah. is the question that you have to ask yourself? Yeah, it's setting yourself up for success, giving yeah. yourself the best chance to to get that want. 
by fulfilling mm-hmm. the things that you can control. And those are, they're so overlooked. They're overlooked every day. So, so I want to throw this up here right here. I want to throw up one of these things here. And this, everyone looks at this and they go, oh, this is just your typical training journal. What's so different about this journal versus another journal? This looks like what I can get at any, any sporting goods store. But, but this is just a small piece of it, right? Yeah. Yep, exactly. So, so this is probably the only, and granted, there's three of these per week. So there's 36 pages in the 250-page journal like this one here. And really the reason for that is, Hey, now you don't have to carry your training journal around. So, <laughs> so this is just your simple workout sheet. Right. And, and so we tied in some things there, like what's your sleep, what's your body weight and all this sort of stuff. But then really where you get to the next level is when you go to the next page and there's, there's prompts, right. And, and they focus on whatever that theme is that week, right. We, we want to, we want to be very intentional about our practice. Okay. You can't just go out and practice every day. Like you were saying, Michael, you need to know what you're trying to get out of it. What is the goal for today's training session? And so this is reflecting on it and it's forcing the athlete to reflect on. So I forget which week this one's from, right? I think it's from the mindset week. And and so the week prior to mindset was on emotion. So I just say, hey, what, what were your emotions leading into the workout? How did that set you up? Okay. And then what did what effect did that have on your mindset? And it's just bringing in those themes from the week. And the reason I have that uh, the chart in there is twofold. One, it's so you don't have to carry around a second journal, first of all. But second of all, it's so you can go back and you can look at it and you can be like, yeah, you know, I actually, I really, I crushed my PR here in bench press, what was I feeling during that? Mm. You know, did a song come on and it got me feeling this way? (laughs) Was I not tired? Did I eat properly? No, it's true. I mean, even for myself, it's like, how come I was like lazy that day? Yeah. No, I'm I'm just thinking I need to get this journal. Like, I'm just like, not, not, not goalkeeping wise. I just need this journal for life. Yeah. You need to send me a journal like this and see how my podcasting is six months later. Oh, it's, it's coming your way. Don't you worry. And and, like, and go ahead, sir. I was like, how many days do you wake up? And you're like, why do I have a headache? Well, I haven't drank any water. And it's like, it's such like very, very so simple. You need like, you need a, a, like Dasani to sponsor you or something. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like all about water. I love it. Oh, oh I've had so many great, like some of my great athletes, like they're like, oh, I started drinking water. And like, <laughs> mental health went up. Like their performance went up. They no, just, just as a person, they just got, they became more of them. And it's, yeah. it's awesome to see on all, all three levels and more probably. And kids, it's, kids don't drink enough water. They no. really don't. Nobody like, like, like energy drinks that dehydrate you and boost up your anxiety and you know all those things. I love he's drinking some he's chugging some water. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know and I was drinking an energy drink. Um oh god. <laughs> so yeah, but, but it's true and it's 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 those are like it sounds so weird, but those are like little things that could change everything. I love water, by the way, just so everybody knows. Like I don't drink <laughs> juice or anything like that. Like I'm just like, give me some ice cold water. But, um, but it, it makes a difference. And it's those little, it's the littlest things that people don't realize. So I, I work with ODP goalkeepers uh, several times a year. Humble and, brag, John, JMO. Well, that. I don't know. I don't know where the ODP stands with all these other academies <laughs> and everything. I know. <laughs> I'm like, ODP, okay, old school. Yeah. <laughs> old school, right? But So I try to bring that old school back a little bit to fire up the athletes some because they come to training and I'm running a warm-up, right? And we're moving around and then I have them stretch and I look and I mean, there's like 40 kids at this goalkeeper training for ODP and, and like 10 of them are stretching seriously and the rest are doing whatever. And almost every single time I have to stop. I'm like, do you know what ODP stands for? Blank stairs. I'm like Olympic development program. You won't go compete in the Olympics. Do you, do you think any Olympian you've ever seen warms up like you're warming up right now? Right. And and it goes right back to the water. Do you think any Olympian, any elite athlete, you think they, they don't take care of their hydration. They don't take care of their nutrition. So we, as Sawyer mentioned, we hit that in the first three weeks and we, we use it as a little bit of a litmus, litmus test and a challenge to the athlete 
for them to learn themselves is, look, if this week you're focusing on hydration, that's it. Sorry, I know you want to get to, you know, emotional intelligence and elite mindset and all that. Nope. This week you're focusing on hydration. And if you can't figure that out, you think you're going to be able to stop yourself in a heated argument with your brother from pushing <laughs> it? No, you can't even drink a glass of water a couple times a day. So it, it's, it's that first focus. But when you start to focus on it and you start having those inner battles with your mind or you're making the excuses like, oh, well, you know, my water bottle has a cap on it. It's, I got to unscrew it all. <laughs> you're not problem solving you're just coming up with excuses you learn how your mind works and you learn okay i gotta start to battle this mind i gotta start to to get around these thoughts and i you really start to learn about yourself and that's why we start with hydration is because it's it's one of the best ways to introduce you to your inner challenge and it's such an easy healthy you know way to do it and as sawyer said you know, you, you get a handle on your water and you just took like a 30% jump in all performance. You have food and sleep in there. You're up to 90%. Then the next nine chapters of the, or nine weeks of the book is you getting those 10%, that last 10%. You know, I, I want to just, you know, share one of the things that here for, for anybody who's, who's not watching the podcast and they're just listening to the audio. I really, really suggest that you guys, uh, uh, you always, always watch the show as well too, even after you've listened to it in the car or in the gym or whatever, there's just so much insight you can get from the visual images as well too. Um, the simplicity of everything right here is that you're only giving prompts and then you're, you're, a, you're asking the athlete to do the work as opposed to just kind of spoon feeding them, which is, I think one of the biggest problems and why I have so many young players that tried to tell me back what I want to hear as opposed to whether they really comprehend you know, the tactical decision or the technical movement or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I'll relate it to goalkeeping, uh, given the podcast we're on. I love asking my athletes, Hey, what's the first thing that's moving? You know, when that ball travels from the, they're attacking the corner of the six, right. And you're near your post and they slot that ball. What's the first thing that's moving? And they're like, Oh, your left foot. And they're like, Oh, your hand. I'm like, Nope, your eyes. you know they're just trying to like get that answer right but they don't think right it's like no put yourself in the moment just be quiet for a second put yourself in the game think about what your body's doing and then go there right and so it's exactly right and and that's why the prompts they get shorter as as the journal continues right so we're a little bit more helpful we'll ask the prompt and then we'll maybe give some examples so we might say you know how is uh how did you feel going into this workout? Maybe you were sore, maybe you were tired, right? We we kind of give some ideas to get them writing. And by the end, it's it, I think uh a few times I just say, give me a play-by-play of uh your practice today. What were the highs, what were the lows? Right. And just force them to go through everything that happened and write it all down. And they can write it in whatever format they want, whatever works for them. They're not turning this journal into me and I'm going to read it and then talk to them about it. Right. It's just them in their mind, them and their performances. And so they're going to get out of it what they put into it. I literally was just about to say that I was just thinking, thinking that as well too, is that, you know, because a lot of, if you are want to be like, great, I'm, I'm doing it. And you're just happy just getting it done. Then you're not really getting the benefit out of it. Um, and speaking of emotions, you know, I think that's an emotional response. It's like, oh, I just need to, I do this all the time. I just need to get this done. And it, the quality is just not of the level because mm-hmm. I was so focused on just getting it done as opposed to, you know, gaining from the experience. So I want to talk about this emotional wheel because I've seen a lot of this in mindset type work. It seems to be a consistent theme out there. Yeah, I'm giving that one to Sawyer. <laughs> I was going to see if Eames and dove in and just, just sit back. <laughs> Yeah, so this this kind of ties into what I'm saying, like your starting point, or what emotion are we feeling that's pushing us away from something? You know, I think you know when we're talking about failure, saying what we think the coach wants us to stay here to get that mm-hmm. approval, we're fe- we have some fear of being rejected. We have some fear of of failure, and we got to understand that that's our starting point. We're we always are, you know, within ourselves. We're always can be aware of ourselves we're not always great at it and one of the best ways to do that is label your emotions 
and some of the things that emotions do for us. Every emotion has an emotional action urge. Fear sometimes pushes us to avoid. You know, I think we're all familiar with the fight, flight, or flee. And then there's also what does anger push us to do? What does sadness push us to do? What do those emotional urges do? You know, I think some of those are advantageous to performance. Some are not. Some, it depends on the person. I'd argue anger tends to be a, a wild card. I think happiness is probably a good one. And it depends on the person. Like, I needed to have you having fun and relax before I went and did a decathlon. That's a very different event, different sport than going and being a goalkeeper. Goalkeeper, how many shots you get a game? You got 90 minutes plus stoppage time. You got to figure out how to stay focused on that game. Mm-hmm. What emotions are coming up during it? How do you, you know, gently guide yourself back? Um, and, you know, the big thing is labeling and then understanding what it's pushing you to do. And I will always say just because you have an emotion doesn't mean you need to follow that emotion action urge. You know, I I love the fact that you're you're bringing this up. You know, Suskia, obviously, you've played at the higher level than 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 any of us in goalkeeper, at least. Sawyer, I'm not. I know I know you're a very very accomplished uh, decathlete, uh, but at least in at least in goal. And um, you know, look, we even just saw just this past weekend in regards to the World Cup matches uh, in, in in Australia and New Zealand, emotions got can get the better of you at, in times and. Uh, you know, it, it can cost you. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the Lauren James situation with England right there. Mm-hmm. You know, now now you're putting yourself in a situation where you're affecting, you could potentially be affecting the outcome for not just yourself, but others yeah. out there too. Yeah, and I'm guessing during those penalty kicks, there was some fear and some worry and anxiety that was going through their brains. Yeah, when then when you see a, somebody like an Alyssa Nair step up, like ice cold, take a PK, make mm-hmm. the saves, like stuff like that, like in touch with her emotions. And here's a goalkeeper that might not be busy the entire game. And then, you know, in the extra time might not be busy. And then all of a sudden has to step up and perform the way she performed, which, which hats off to Nair, um, even though they didn't get the win. But then, yes, then you look like it at a James in the run of play. Now you're out for two games. And what what is going through your, like, why aren't you in touch with your emotions? Like you are a leader on this team. You're the top player on England and you turn around and you stepped on somebody's back purposely. And now you're out for two games. So maybe she should have gone to ideal performance. That's all I'm saying. You know, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and that, that is like anger, especially in these team sports, I think tracks a little unique. However, like when does anger come out of that? You get a red card, you get sent off. You just ruin something for your team because someone you know said something that upset you and every day we we experience i would rage or you know i'd wager most of the emotions we get all these micro doses of experience how how to downgrade from fear how to downgrade from anger how to experience it and how to then do it on the field and i think that's the big thing with that chapter is you know i was nervous before i hopped on here i'll never lie about that like i was like i'm you know, I'm with three goalkeepers. One, one did something pretty big in 1999. I, uh, I didn't go past junior year of co- or high school playing goalkeeper. Like, I, what am I going to talk about? And then it's okay. How do you handle nervousness? Jamison texted me for it. You listening to your T Swift? And I was like, Yep. I just that was my ritual. You read what it was. And that gets me into that headspace and how to handle fear, how to handle nervousness. Yeah. And then I can perform. I can be me. And I think that, you know, in those games when anger or any other emotion gets you, we got to figure out how to do it day in and day out with life. And that's going to help you all around. Yeah. You know, and and the advice we give on the red card, right? Look, it's going to happen, right? And, And so now, again, life happened. What's your response? So, right. and and hats off to her response was to come out and to apologize and to apologize yep. to her team and man up and to her country. Um, you see other people that come off things and they're still pointing fingers and blaming and, and making excuses and all of that. And, and how are you going to react? And I think you guys know, even in the run of play, it's a very hard, oh, it's yeah. a very hard thing to learn, but mm-hmm. to take, to take that pause before you do anything, before you say anything, before you react to anything, whether you're sad, whether you're nervous, whether you're angry or whatever, and to take a pause and kind of run that, run those responses through your head. Am I going to punch you in the face? Well, that's probably not the best response. You know, do I gain more from walking away as hard as that is for me? Probably. But if you let that, if you can't control that, 
and you haven't learned how to, you run into the problem you're running into. Yeah. I, I love what you're just saying right there, Susk, because I think it's such a great segue into, into so getting I to know your I, didn't, I had to learn it as well. <laughs> no, no, but, but it's true. I think, you know, I'll use myself as an example. I don't know if I know my, my mind as well as I should, you know, and I, I, this is something that just fascinated like Equated to like getting in an argument, like when you were y your younger self or getting to your argument with your sister or your brother mm -hmm. and all this stuff comes spewing out of your mouth and it's just, you know, dart after dart after dart. And then, then as you get older, as you get more in touch with that, imagine kind of not reacting. What would that reaction get you now? Imagine not reacting that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, That's, and, I mean I'll say that's sitting with that emotion and letting letting that emotion be okay in you and being okay with anger and knowing this too will pass. Emotions are temporary. They, they don't stick around forever. I, I wish happiness did. It sure doesn't. Sadness comes. Everything <laughs> else comes. And, you know, letting that pass so that you can be there for your team in the 90th minute or later on or the next game and how that can be, you know, how that can change the, change the game. Speaking of happiness. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Paisley. Hey, Paisley. How are you? Yes. <laughs> Good timing, you guys. Oh, my gosh. Oh, hilarious. Speaking of emotion, I mean, see, emotions can run the gamut. Yeah. From from excitement and then being put on camera all of a sudden and just fear and and then just <laughs> and then running off with a with a uh, being content uh, once once more. Um, I want to I want to bring this up because we've been talking so much about the youth athlete themselves using the journal, and then we've been discussing about obviously the parents and the coaches who are part of the journey as well too. How can how can they participate in the journal and? Not micromanage the journal. I don't want helicopter parents to be telling hey, you, you what to write. Have you done your journals today? Have you done this? Let oh. me see it. Like, yeah. I saw that you were angry today. You need to be saying that in your blah, blah, blah. Because <laughs> now the parent is writing the journal as opposed to yeah. the athlete. You know? Yeah, you know, so, I, so I, how, think the, I think the whole idea with, with how the coaches and the parents can be involved, right, is, is the point of the journal is that it is um, not a word is going to, it is uh, uh, anonymous, right? Like you can go and, and do it on your own and you don't have to share it with other people. But if you want that mentor or you're noticing a pattern, it, it'll help you guide your conversation when you're going and seeking advice or help or someone to listen. And if that person knows that you're, using this journal and participating with that journal, right? Then they can, they can read some of the information or you can go back to the performance that you want to learn from. And you don't have to try to remember, Oh, what happened last week in that game? What was I feeling? You, you, you wrote about it, right? So go back in there and reread it and then go talk to whoever it is. And, and that's, that means that they don't necessarily even need to know what's going on in the journal, but you're now prepared uh, to have those conversations a little bit better. And, and this is actually what generated the idea for the journal is uh, Sawyer works with our athletes on basically a monthly basis. We're both also have full-time jobs, also coaching as a second job. And then we do ideal performance as our, our third job passion project. And he's, he's bummed out because he doesn't have enough time for all the athletes that want to work with us. So he said, I really want to create something that these athletes can use in between our sessions. Yeah. And so that's why, that's what sparked this whole thing. And so now when he has a session every third or fourth or fifth week with an athlete, it's, it's not this awkward, you know, 15 minutes of the hour of like, so what do you want to talk about? No, I don't know. You know, it's, hey, you know, all right, it's been three weeks. How, how did stuff in the journal go? Was there anything you want to go back to? Anything you want to go through? Yeah. And, and it just, again, it just facilitates conversation. It facilitates uh, awareness and reflection and work. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that. We're, we're just essentially talking about independent study so that, you know, you don't come to a history class and never have done any and haven't done any homework in the last two weeks and then just waltz into the class and go, and they go, hey, so what, what, 
what dates do you want to discuss today? Yeah, but it's also <laughs> hard for the individual. It's also easier for you to re reflect on how you were doing three weeks yeah. ago yeah. and how you did yeah. feel. Because if you don't do that and you say, okay, remember that game you played against so-and-so three weeks ago and it wasn't a good outcome? Like, how'd you feel after that? What happened working up to it? And they have no idea. They're like, oh, God, I don't remember. Oh, everything runs into each other. But now you can go back and say, you know what? I had a really – I wasn't sleeping well that week. I wasn't doing this well, you know, this, that, and the other. So they can go back and look at it and, and have that context to talk about. Exactly. Yeah, I like Jameson does. He, I love going back, looking over my own journals and being like, wow, this is where I was at a year ago. This is where I was at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, I really sound like, it. sound like me looking at my stand up tapes from a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no one needs to see that. Ugh. But I think, too, to, to your question, I think a big thing for parents and coaches, you know, when I, I reflect on that question, it's remember where the athletes are at. If you're dealing with someone that's under 25, 27, we don't got that frontal lobe developed that's able to handle these things. We need to be taught a little bit of how to do those things because it's who we are. We're not there yet. We need some help. And I think just helping, guiding people, being alongside them is a great thing. You know, right now I recommend it to Jameson. There's a book out there called Coaching Athletes to Be Their Best. And it's by someone I really enjoy doing some watching, like do sports psychology, Jonathan Fader. And it talks on motivational interviewing. I think that's a very big buzzword. Um, however, this kind of digs into like, how do you do that then? Because like, if I tell a parent to be supportive, okay, that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Right. How do you then do that? And I think that book, you know, I'm not through it all the way, but so far I'm like, this is awesome. You know, I think James and I are also, we get big ideas. If you guys can't tell as we're like, Oh, we're doing three jobs. Um, we want to make a coaching <laughs> cause that's a need too. And that's something that you know, we, we have information around, we're not, you know, the world is end all be all expert, but we just want to help people. We want people to do their best. Yeah. Yeah. We, we actually, uh, started outlining our, uh, performance journal for coaches last weekend in our meeting. So that is on the horizon. Uh, I think there's a few journals that are ahead of it. <laughs> and then I would say beyond the coach is, uh, the performance journal for maybe the athlete parent. Right. Um, mm -hmm tools to help you in your role in uh, athletes development is, is really important because uh, I, I mean, as coaches, I'll go to a training session, a one-on-one -on -one training session, a small group session. And one of the kids will say, you know, I was talking to my coach and they said this and I'm wait, what, you know, it's just some of the coaches out there, it's still about them. And, and that's, that's pretty disappointing. Um, oh yeah. And, mm -hmm. and so we know there's a need out there too. And for everyone like that, there's three or four that are fantastic, right? We have a group of hockey coaches that are bringing us in, um, in a month. And they're like, look, we just, we want to help our kids perform better. We want to help. We want, what tools do we need to bring to them? You know, they're interested in the journal, but they're also, they want to learn. They want to know, okay, if, if they're doing the journal, how, how do we participate? How do we help them get the most out of it? So uh, we're doing a little seminar with them on, on that as well. So. Well, I, well, I'm I'm really excited about it, honestly. I mean, I I, I want to try this journal, um, on my own here. Just to, I mean, since I'm still technically playing, I guess I could do it as an athlete. Um, but so you could do it I as anything. It yeah, still performing and, right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this coming coming up in May I could do it as a broadcaster. <laughs> Trust me. I, absolutely. <laughs> You've been killing it lately, Suskia. You've been killing yeah. it lately. <laughs> 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 everyone's everyone's on a different everyone's on a different journey but as, as we start wrapping up i guys so appreciate you guys taking the time i know it's difficult when you have 17 jobs and and and, and a passion project on the side as well uh but i kind of want to ask you you know let's say I, I i get a young player and i get them this journal and and they get back to me after a few weeks and they say coach I, i've been i've been trying to to use the journal and 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 that's really hard i i don't I don't know how to use it. I, I'm I'm finding it very difficult for to get my words out and 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 share. First off, thank you for being vulnerable. And then second of all, how do we help this young athlete? Yeah, sorry, you wanna I know you and I talked about this a little bit really recently. You wanna take this? Yeah, definitely. And I think part of it's that habit. You know, one of the things I think about is like how do we get that habit, checking in with that athlete, like what's going on with that? Is that is that a barrier? You know, I'll bring in motivational interviewing where it's that open-ended questions or it's that like, well, it sounds like this is really important to you. What's, what's getting in the way? 
And because it sounds like it is like if they're coming to you, they're being vulnerable. Yeah. Like, hey, like I want to do this, but for the life of me, when I sit down to do it, it's just it's it's not the words aren't coming out. And it could be right. Well, what's what's blocking? It? Oh well, it's this that or the other thing. And asking them why they want to do it, asking them those open-ended questions. You know, the big thing with MI is that the athletes got the answer. We all got the answer for ourselves. We just need someone in there to help kind of point us that way if we have motivation. And by asking those questions, seeing what what's the barrier, maybe game plan with them. Maybe they need a solution. Like it's all right to feel like your words make no sense. Like half the time I look back at my journals, <laughs> like I was like broken up over something, and I'm like. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was and you know asking those questions yeah um james jim anything you want to add to that or uh no paisley, ha paisley has something she wants to add <laughs> paisley's I, I going think, to get her journal yeah, <laughs> I, I think sort of nailed it you know be there for them and and really listen and ask questions don't necessarily try to solve right away just ask ask questions and let them start to uncover it themselves and uh maybe you can offer some of your own experiences again avoid the solution as long as you can and see what solution they develop for themselves yeah i think being human is what i'm hearing from like jameson thinking about like be human be vulnerable be open to help yeah, yeah. i mean it's the same as coaching mike i mean it's don't don't hand feed them the answers. See if you can teach them to teach themselves yeah. and answer their own questions. How come you're letting this fall in your post? What do you think's the problem? You know? So that's such a great, that's such a great point. I was just, I mean, that's really a good point because I'm, I'm not even thinking about that. Like maybe, maybe depending on how they're, how they're, you know, interacting with you, maybe they're just trying to get you to give them the answer because they don't want to do that. They, they don't want to do the work because it's too hard. Um, and then all of a sudden, then you're, I guess you're enabling and I don't know, I'm, I'm on here with three psych, uh, majors. So, you know, I'm, well, I'm, and, I'm, and now you're giving them that excuse, right? Well, you told yeah. me to do this and it's not working. Yeah. And I think too, I'll add in as the coaches, like we have this, this reflex, the writing reflex, like we want to help. Like there's a reason we do what we do. It's not because we hate seeing athletes grow. I bet I'll, I'll wager that. And we want to help. And sometimes we got to let someone have some short-term pain so they can get their long-term goal. A lot of like that discomfort, like no matter what we're working on, whatever we're striving to, there's going to be discomfort. When I was trying to be a really good athlete, there was a lot of discomfort. Like my days hurt when I, you know, my head hurts when I try to do different things. Now, when I try to do things, there's discomfort. And I think that needs to be relished and we need to love it. We need to fall in love with that process of just some discomfort. Speaking of discomfort, Suskia has uh, the discomfort of having to wait for the Netherlands match at six o'clock. Um, I, I have the countdown right here on my phone. <laughs> so I was just looking down at it. It's the countdown. <laughs> oh, my oh, oh my gosh. People are probably wondering, they're like, why Why is the Netherlands, why are they playing their game at six o'clock? I don't Pacific care. Time? It's awesome and I'm half done. What's up, baby? It's supposed to 3 a.m. <laughs> Thanks. Can I have a cheerio? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, well guys, uh, first off, you know, th thanks for sharing all of this. Um, obviously I'm looking forward to, to checking out the journal. Um, I'm going to share, uh, in the show notes, uh, the links to, to, to get the journal and everything like that. And I know that you guys are on the union now. Uh, uh, Jameson, I believe your, your handle is at Jay Kronzer, right on, on the union. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you guys want to connect with them and, and find out a little bit more about ideal performance, we may have some stuff in the works. You know, we, we may discuss that uh, in the very near future with uh, with ideal performance. Don't want to give away any any secrets or, uh, or surprises just yet. But uh, we're very, very excited with everything that ideal performance uh, is doing, not just with the journals, but but in other areas as, as well, too. And uh, obviously, guys, if you want to reach out to us, it's uh, contact at inside the 18 media.com or at goalkeeper podcast on the union. If you have a guest suggestion or topic suggestion, uh, shout out to the people uh, that I, I talked to. And I brought up the fact that uh, that I was going to, you know, have, you know, JMO on to talk about the journals and it, I'm not going to throw put any kids on blast from camp shutout, but some people really dug the journals at camp, which is pretty darn cool. Uh, JMO. So um, they were very excited. So hopefully they get to check out this uh, show. Um, 
And anything else you guys want to plug uh, before we wrap it? Oh, finally, guys, uh, the show um, the, the show is going to be moving to the union in the next couple of months as we start doing our official launch. Uh, so I know a lot of you guys watch it on Facebook and YouTube. We're migrating over to the union. All it means is you just have to click a different link, guys. That's all it is. It's going to be literally the exact same experience. We're just trying to make everything an, an encompassing experience where you don't have to be going to 17 different social medias to get all, all your content and, and all your engagement and everything. So um, you can reach out to Suskia at Suskia, I believe, uh, on the union right there. <laughs> she's uh, she's on mute still, but she's like, I said, you like smiling. how I change, you like how I change that? Yeah. It's at, it's, it should be at Paisley right now. It should be at Siri. Uh, ask, oh, wait, my God, my Siri just turned on. This is okay. That's, <laughs> that's annoying. It's all, all right, guys. Well, it's all a debacle at the end, right here, guys. Um, that's all the time on Inside the 18, and we are out. Later, Thanks, guys. guys.